Hey, Tara Vetula to the Bait and Switch podcast. Join us now for the second half of our groundbreaking interview with Mitch Tyke from WUWM's NPR program, Lake Effect. Lake Effect can be heard at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on 89.7 in Milwaukee. Mitch, do you have anything else you would like to add? Lake Effect, uh, 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on 89.7 in Milwaukee. Okay. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. I'm your co-host, Jim Martin, along with Chris Beyer. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Mitch Tyke. He hosts NPR's Lake Effect, WUWM 89.7 here in Milwaukee. And uh, welcome, Mitch. This is part two of our two-part uh, interview with Mitch. Seriously thrilled to be here. That was really good. That's that's what it was Mitch, supposed to be like. How yeah. was that? Yeah. That was pretty I good. I think, you know, uh, one take Jim there. <laughs> Holy yeah, well, cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, one question I want to lead into, just a, a quick one. The name, Tyke. Tyke. What's the origin of that? That is German. It means pond. Oh, really? That's all I got. Mitch. What does Mitch mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean the Irish so... version of Michael, apparently. Yeah. But, okay. uh, Mike Pond. Mike Pond. Yeah, Mike Pond, yeah. Actually, you know, my brothers knew some ponds growing up. The, the oh, yeah. people variety. The cold not cream the, not the... <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, you know, another quick aside is just as you were walking in, we were talking cycling. We were. Now, professional cycling, I'm, I'm very much into this. What about you? I am in a fantasy cycling league. I have run a fantasy cycling league. Really? I can top that. <laughs> I won a fantasy. No, I've never, never been in one. What are you on? Is it existed. online thing? Uh, yeah, it's Velo Games. So, uh, how long you've been following cycling? I got into <laughs> cycling in. Well, you'll know the answer to this. The year Cadell Evans won uh, the Tour de France, oh, so twenty eleven, com- recent convert. Yeah, about twenty eleven, something like that. And the reason I got into cycling was I had insomnia. Okay. And the Tour de France was on. Right. And. I just sat there and watched it one night. I was literally on the edge of my chair watching the end of the stage. And just the the whole chess match nature, uh, you know, the story within a story within a story yeah. is really completely gripping. I was so blown away. I watched the next night. And so I was explaining this to my wife, who's totally rolling her eyes at me. And I said, just like watch me, this. Right? Not no. as gripped. Right, yeah. right. Exactly. And <laughs> I, I said, just watch this next stage, and she does, and she gets into it also. Oh, really? Wow, really? Hmm. Since then, especially as my kids have gotten older, they are into it just as much. Like, we go on a – I mean, th- this is just how pathetic this is. I, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. But <laughs> <laughs> we drive to Maine every summer for right. vacation, and one of our challenges during one day was – Name as many of the riders in that year's Tour de France as you can from memory. Yes, this is a game I've played. Yeah. I was going to say, I bet, I bet, <laughs> and I bet was, this like, is not crazy to Chris at all. There was or 191 riders or something at the time, and I think we hit like 108. <laughs> I'll, I'll blow you away here with uh, some things. I've been to the Tour, I've been to the Welta, and I've been to the Giro. Uh, Took my bike, I've climbed Alpe d'Huez. Uh, and I've also climbed the Anglerou. Have you done? Oh, the Anglerou is the most amazing. This is a Vuelta I, stage. I, I'm yeah. about to climb into my bed, by the way. <laughs> no, the Anglerou is it's, it's nuts. It's the, this is the stage that burns out the clutches of the support vehicles. Yes. So I'll throw one last uh, name drop here. I was in Richmond, Virginia to see Peter uh, and Sagan. And too. Yep, yep, my friend was there, too. Yep. Uh, he is kind of the rock star of professional cycling. 
and here's a crowd in Virginia just going nuts for this guy from Slovakia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to bore you to death, but no, I'm so fine. <laughs> my daughter's dream, my 13 year old yeah. daughter's dream, is to become a director sportif. She is, as far as I know, the only 13-year-old girl cycling blogger out there. Oh, really? Um, she just... I might uh, have to read that. I, uh, so I see... So do you have somebody at the Longfellow? Yeah. Yeah, so my daughter's a Longfellow. Okay. And her class had to do a project. They had to read a biography and then dress up as that historical figure mm -hmm. and present that person's story. And she was Gino Bartoli. <laughs> Very specific again. Right. Yes. An Italian right. cyclist from the 40s or something like right. that. He won the Tour de France in 1938 and in 1948, and so holds the record for most time between the two. But oh. in between, he worked in the Italian resistance and was responsible for saving the lives of like 800 Italian Jews. Oh, no, no kidding. Wow. By smuggling false identification papers in the post of his bike. Mm. I was going to segue here into, now you talked about Arizona, and mm -hmm. I went to Arizona here recently to visit my folks, and I took an Uber ride for the first time. What are your guys' experiences with uh, Uber? Yes, I, I, just, I just took an Uber ride uh, two days ago, but yeah. Have never had, taken one. No? Never nope. taken one. My experience I'm an been, Uber Nuber. Ah, <laughs> that's, we're going we're gonna to use that. Um, I actually have not taken too many Ubers, but my experiences with them have been very good. Yeah, I would think, you know, I, I came up with an idea that you said Uber Nuber. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought the local law firm, they could have a Gruber Uber. <laughs> a Gruber Uber. One, Uber. one call, right. that's all. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. We'll pick you up and we'll represent <laughs> you in an accident if we get in one. <laughs> I, I used the Uber for the first time yeah. you know, in Arizona, in like Arizona, I talked yeah. about. And just the last five minutes before the plane landed, all of a sudden I got nauseated from the meal that I had at lunch a couple hours before. And we landed. And I thought, I'm going to wait for a while before I call the Uber guy because I want to make sure that I didn't get sick in this yep. car. Right? You don't want that. You get a bad right. rating. Yeah. yeah they so Technicolor you. Uber, they call that. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, right. <laughs> and so I'm in the bathroom trying to throw up. There's always that point where you think, <laughs> yeah. you, you think, get it over with. Well, first, yep. You, yep. Think, yep. first yep. you think, oh my God, am I going to throw up? And then you think, I want to throw up. <laughs> Small aside, how long has it been since you've thrown up, Jim? Probably a year and a half. Year and a half, Mitch? You know, I will sheepishly admit that I have a Zofran prescription, <laughs> and uh, thanks to a particular chronic digestive disease that I oh, have, okay. so I actively try not to throw up. Um, but that said, it's probably been a couple of years. A couple of years. Well, I eventually did throw up that night for the first time in, oh, really? in quite Arizona. some time. In Arizona, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Jeez. I've thrown up in 30 of the 50 states, I oh, think. No kidding. Yeah. Is wow. that how you... <laughs> you do pretty well. Yeah, yeah. That's what that map in the other room is, right? Yeah, I say, Dad, drive across the state line and I'm going to... Great, great, let's go. <laughs> so anyway, I finally call the Uber guy. I get in his car and I'm still not feeling well. And he starts in with a small talk. Yeah. And I say, you know what, I apologize. I'm not feeling well. I'm just going to sit here with my head in my hands. Get out. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in the back seat, just praying I make it to my folks' house before I throw up in the guy's car. We get pretty close. We're about five minutes away, right? And so I said to the guy, I said, you got to pull over, right? So he's he's looking for a gas station. I'm like, a median, no, anything. Just at the side of the road. Anything. Yeah, and right. he's like, oh, I spot a good place. I, they got a good bathroom there. I'm like, no, no, no just no. get me anywhere. <laughs> so I'm just about to leave. Yeah. And I start thinking, my shoe. He's got no bag back there, so I take off my shoe. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm going to throw up in my shoe. 
Thank God it wasn't sandal. Yeah, yeah right, 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 exactly. Yeah, shooting out. Yeah, but I bet you this Uber driver had a <laughs> had to throw a bag after my my trip, but I made it, and made then it. I was able to force myself to throw up. That that's interesting because the last time that I threw up was after an Uber ride, and it was because <laughs> I I was at a Christmas party yeah. at my buddy's bar. He owns Wawatiki. I really drank a lot and. For the first, for the for the last probably ten minutes in the Uber, I was doing that real like, I just don't. And I know this poor guy is like, oh my god, just don't throw up. But I I got out, three steps out, that my front yard. So there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking people they say the same thing. Like when they say that I'm going to rent an Uber if I'm going to go out to drink. So yeah. now that I've had my first ex- experience, I'm thinking next time I go to the grocery store and I know I'm going to have a few drinks. I get an Uber. <laughs> right. Or if right. I go to my kid's right. band recital. Yeah. Get an Uber. Just, yeah. I'm going to get lit, you know? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually when I'm at Century, I usually have the glass of wine in the hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, they got those wine samplers there. I yeah. just keep going back. I yeah. mean. All right, so it's interesting. I, I, I And I don't drink for the same uh, digestive reason. However, years ago when I did drink, my wife at that time, we were dating. She was still in college. Mm-hmm. We actually got together with her oldest friend who was in college at uh, Gustavus Adolphus College mm, in mm. St. Peter, Minnesota. That's a quality name. I have a Gustavus sweatshirt because I worked at Gustavus for a while. What Minnesota was Public their Radio. mascot? Oh, God. They're the Gusties. The Gusties. Yes. <laughs> Ironically, the radio station there was destroyed by a tornado. Wow. In a, in a case of life imitating art, apparently. Yes. <laughs> But I once wore my Gustavus sweatshirt to a comedy club in Altoona, Pennsylvania. You uh, don't have to plug everything. Yeah, the guy picked it out and said, hey, isn't that the shirt they made with the leftover letters from the other shirts? Which was his best line of the night. <laughs> isn't it, aren't the Gusties, that's what they give out on the Weather Channel, isn't that? The, the yearly exactly, awards? Like, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> the upshot <laughs> was... Uh, that uh, that I was I was sick all over the the back door of her car because we got to the gas station and the door was locked. Oh no! <laughs> back in the days where you actually had to pull the little knob up. Yeah, right, she was right. your girlfriend at the time, and you got married, and we got married, and so and she she that, was able to see past this that event. Sealed the deal. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, they they yeah. say that uh, you know I'm very careful. A lot of times in my stories where I, I make stuff up, I make myself uh, the person in the story. I'm not at the grocery store having liquor, no. but they. <laughs> But they say, but they say that you're never supposed to have more than one drink an hour if you're planning on driving. Yeah, I never violate that rule. So it's about nine o'clock now. So I've had about fifteen drinks today. Never, I don't get past the one drink an hour. Right. Most I have no. is twenty four in one hour. Right, right. exactly. Yeah, yes. one day. Yeah. In one day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So uh, I don't know how much we want to go on these puke stories, but um, but, the, but here's the, another. Yeah, but here's another one because it's related because it relates to Chris. So Chris. Back when uh, when I was in high school, Chris was doing oh, yeah, a triathlon, yep. and me and uh, my buddy Matt uh, went as long as like support team. Well, uh, the night before, uh, I slept over at Matt's house, and we had like I don't know six bags of Cheetos and three tubs of ice cream or something, whatever it was. And uh, so we're driving back, and Chris is driving, and I'm in the front seat, and Matt's in the back seat, and I say like Chris. You, you gotta pull over just like you had yeah. like you gotta pull over he's like yeah. okay well hold on like no you gotta pull over Wait, I, I, you, you couldn't change lanes as a car just hang on this was the interstate this was the interstate, this by was the way. The interstate yeah and so I rolled the window down right and threw up out the window 
and then I hear ah because it hit Matt. <laughs> because it the hit back Matt. Uh... the window it came went out the window came <laughs> yeah. back in the window hit Matt in the, in the face. Moral of the story: If you're gonna barf out the front window, make sure the rear window is rolled up. Well, the yeah. rear window was rolled up; it just came back. Oh, in the, it, it, it the same going, window, like spitting into the wind. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of seen eye vomit. It saw is, that gap right, and went right, for right. it. Exactly. It's yeah, like, like a five point five hole right, of vomit. Right. Anyway, all right. You want my you want my barf story? Let's hear it. Yep. Uh, so we moved to, we moved to Washington, D.C. in 19, summer 1976. Okay. And mm-hmm. so we go to the fireworks yeah. on the National Mall for the two, you know, for the bicentennial. Right. I eat an entire bag of Fritos. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and we are driving home in our 1968 Ford Country Squire station wagon. I am sure it's not air conditioned. No. And it's DC, so it's July 4th, so it's probably still 85 degrees and muggy. So yeah. so you did or didn't have AC in DC? <laughs> yeah. No AC in DC. So I did the dirty deed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was good. Dirt cheap. Man. Yeah. Um, we're driving back. It's like wall to wall, back to back traffic because mm-hmm. it's. July 4th, 1976. And yep. so all I can remember is throwing up and then falling asleep oh. and waking up when we pull into the driveway <laughs> and this like bag of Frito vomit. This is well before your insomnia. You're just oh, falling yeah, asleep with gives vomit. Me insomnia right? now thinking about it. <laughs> I don't think I've really been into Fritos since. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that, uh, yeah. You get that association. Yeah. Uh, the the food that did it wrong uh, for me here, crab rangoon. Oh really? <laughs> what is crab rangoon? Yeah, it's like a wonton right. with cream cheese inside. But and, what's and the raccoon. Cra- <laughs> there's raccoon in there too. Yeah. There's uh, there's crab in there too, right? There must be crab. Yeah. Or, or old bay. Yeah, but that yeah. that cream cheese was not sitting well with me in Arizona. Yeah. This is an awkward yeah. segue. I'm going to get a little more serious here. I got another topic I want to talk about. I've been seeing this guy on TV, get interviewed a couple times, and he's talking about the opioid crisis. We'll just say that. Sure. And uh, he's talking about how when somebody gets addicted to something, that it's it's not necessarily the chemical draw, but there's the loss of connection that people have with the outside world. If they're not connected with the people in their life, they start looking for other things to get connected to, and opioids become that. Uh, there's two stories they talk about. One is the story about the rats. Maybe you've heard this. They took a rat and they gave him a heroin-laced water. Okay. And sure enough, the rat became addicted. But sure. he's just sitting in his cage by himself. And then they gave another rat the option of water and then heroin-laced water. But they put him in like a theme park for rats where he had plenty of other rats to play with, right? <laughs> okay. And he had uh-huh. the spinning wheels. Mickey Mouse's evil twin. Yeah, sure, he kind of yeah. had the, yeah. the habit trail, you know, the hamster thing. Uh-huh. And the rat that was stimulated and connected would turn down the heroin water. Hmm. And so the idea is, is he's that... He's a goody-goody rat. He was a goody-goody rat. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he was a straight and narrow rat. And uh, the idea was that, again, if people are connected, if rats are connected with social connections, that they're less likely to take these things. And the other analogy that I've heard of, Vietnam. All these soldiers were in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And there are 40,000 of them are taking heroin over there because it's indigenous to that area or they were able to get a hold of it at least Hmm. and there was this thought that they were going to come back and have tens of thousands of heroin addicts uh in america and they worried about this potential public health crisis sure 
But the thing is, they were taking heroin because they were in hell. They were in war, and they were worried they're going to die, and they were worried they're going to have to kill somebody. And when they came back to home and they had their family support structures, these people didn't have those problems. Interesting. So, so anyway, that leads me to my story, which is this. You know, a lot of people think that a house is more than a house. It's a home. It's where your family is. It's where your memories are. It's where the heart is. Exactly. It's where the yeah. heart is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jim, for adding that. <laughs> and so, but lately, I've become concerned because I think that my garage is becoming detached. <laughs> that, that could be a problem. Do you guys have that fear? That's what I, I have. You know, fear. you know, uh, I moved into a house a few years ago, mm-hmm. a new house, and and it is detached. And I have detached. noticed. It's, you know, it's deteriorating. It's starting to fall apart. And maybe it's something I should look into. Other things in my life are also unraveling. I'm concerned about this. Uh, My trainer is impersonal. I (laughs) thought that he was going to be a personal trainer. This guy's impersonal. My bank account is withdrawn. That's been a problem. Yeah. (laughs) My TV control seems remote. Yeah. There's a lot of things just falling apart. This this may be an indication of, uh, you know, when you feel like everything else around you is going crazy, then... You've got to take a look at yourself. You're right. I, uh, in my, fact, maybe we should turn this into an intervention. I, I went to I went to Pizza Hut and I got the impersonal pan pizza. <laughs> did, did you did you let them know you were un, unsatisfied? Well, you know what? With the actually, impersonal pizza? what I've been doing is you know you try and find things that you can connect with. What have you done, uh, Mitch? This whole mindfulness trend. Uh, I have. Um, do you want the serious answer or do you want my? Uh, <laughs> Just go with it, Mitch. Uh, well, for starters, I like to validate people's parking. For example, Jim, yes, your nice. parking was fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Your parking has now been validated. Oh, right. right. Yes. Yes. Woo-hoo. I tell you, he lit up when you said yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know what? You know how long I it's parked been? right behind you and. Yeah, I saw that. You know how long it's been since somebody's validated my parking? I went to the hot yoga. The people weren't as attractive as I thought they were going to be. It's misleading. <laughs> yeah, it was misleading. It's misleading. It was exactly. misleading. That being said, they didn't let me stay. So maybe that's a sign. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> it could be it. Have you seen those Taco Bells that are connected to a Pizza Hut and a KFC? Have you seen that? Yeah. This yoga place is connected to a Taco Bell, right? Yeah. And so they've got the hot yoga, the medium yoga, and the mild nice. yoga. Nice. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. they got Diablo yoga. The the hot yoga, yes. yoga. Yeah, right. You go in the yoga, you can, your, your mat can either be uh, flour or corn. Oh, nice. Think, yeah. Right. That's, that's good. good. That's I choose good. the flour. You can actually connect the two with just a little layer of refried beans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I recommend the Namaste nachos. Although you definitely want to be sitting in the mat in the front of the room for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be in the back. Yeah. You know, I talked about that's meditation. Dumb. I talked about you. Do you meditate, Mitch? <laughs> I wish I had a better line, but... Uh. <laughs> Have you tried meditation, Jim? Oh, yeah. I, actually, all seriousness, I, I meditate uh, almost every day. Seriously? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every day, about 15 minutes. 15 He's meditating minutes. right now, in fact. Yeah. Well, yeah, while you guys up. were talking about biking. <laughs> we're in the middle of a podcast. Let's really, not... really had to, really had to center myself on Get that. Get in the yeah. lotus position right, over right. here. Yeah. When, yeah, did you, yeah. when did you start this? Uh, I've been meditating since... Uh, like probably when I was 10 years old. Really? Yeah. You were a forerunner. Honestly, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. honestly, photography for me is the mindful, is, oh, okay. is, is how I practice mindfulness. Even if it's walking from my car to my office, 
I'm looking at the world as a photographer and I'm not thinking of that interview I have to do or the meeting I have to go to or where I have to sometimes, you know, I should be thinking about where I have to go later because I forget. You know, I had somebody in my office uh, not too long ago and I was talking to them about you know, the troubles of the world and crime and things like that. And I said, you know, what is the answer? And she said, meditation and mindfulness. But then my mind went back to a crime I heard about some years back where this guy killed his wife. Then they went to the police and they talked to the police about this. And they said that this guy was into meditation. And so I started thinking maybe meditation isn't the answer. In fact, specifically, they said that the crime was premeditated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I, so, I mean, this guy is meditating before he did this. Right. That could be I don't think that's the answer. <laughs> premeditated. Premeditated, yeah. I, I don't, that that could be that dangerous, the dangerous part where you're still getting out all of your crazy thoughts and then you get into the meditation. Maybe that's where it. Where it's mindfulness. You know, the premeditation. You're the, you're the, you're the, you've been doing this for how long? A long time. I mean, am I supposed to say my age? I'm no, like, you've been, I, just how many I, years probably, have you been meditating? Probably close to 40 years. Holy cow, you were the first. I was, the, I was really <laughs> the first. Yeah, I actually was. I went to Asia and uh, taught all those guys how to... The yogi or something like that? The, the Buddha. In fact, I, I was going to mention the uh, Buddha burrito. The Buddha the, burrito. At the, at the taco place. Oh, you, you've been yeah. to yeah. my yeah. yoga yeah. place. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Actually, yeah. I thought you get those yeah. at Potbelly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can you probably can right that's probably yeah. <laughs> what uh you know we talked about cycling are you a cyclist i have picked up cycling again but my daughter really wants to be a road cyclist okay. and so we started riding more often you know, sort of just in time for it to get cold and not wanting and not want to ride that much you may be seen there's a biking group that i bike with a tosa spokesman have oh, yeah. you seen our the red kit with the white i have yep yep Yep, it's I, a cool kit. For the first time, I got out the bike on Sunday, and we did uh, like 30 miles, about nice. 10 of us. Oh, wow. Yeah, 30 miles. So three miles each. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a relay, Mitch. We don't have a baton. Just, Maybe you haven't to, been on the bike uh, to know. They just go to Hart Park. They go it's around the best the, math the I have ever done on the fly there, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, um, one thing that we, we, have, we haven't touched on yet is the Pretzel Podcast. Oh, yeah. The Pretzel Podcast yeah. is, amazingly enough, a podcast about pretzels interesting that you can make an entire podcast about pretzels so you would be is, surprised yeah, right so right. uh a colleague at the radio station michelle maternowski who actually lives about two blocks from where we are right oh, now nice uh she has kept a pretzel jar stocked on her desk for years okay and i would wander over to her desk and take pretzels Fairly frequently during the day. Were and they were they for public consumption? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> No, it's like you know, it's like some people keep a candy dish, and it's a way to you know amuse the people who are standing yeah. there. So you were just strolling in, taking your pretzels? Okay. No, right, no, 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 no. Uh, in in plain view, and people stopped in and would take a pretzel. Is that so, the legal term? The pretzels were in plain view. They were in plain Therefore, view. Therefore, right, they're exactly. in play. Yeah. Fair game. Fair yeah. game. Right. The fair use doctrine applies yeah, right. to pretzels in exactly. this case. She might have a different. Uh, story than you do, but we'll get back to her. So over the years, we basically talk about what kind of pretzels these are. You know, do you like these pretzels? Do I like these pretzels? Other people would kind of listen in also. Sure. And um, after a while, it dawns on us that we both have this kind of unhealthy fascination for pretzels. Okay. And we started playing around with the idea, yeah, we should do a podcast because we talked about wanting to do more podcast-specific programming. Right. Okay. You know, we have a radio station. We have radio studios. Sure. It's something we can do to just kind of 
broaden the brand. Yeah. And we sat down and we had a brainstorming session. We fleshed out like seven or eight episodes and we said, you know, well, let's try it. We do pretzels in the news. We do pretzels in pop culture. Uh-huh. We did an entire episode that I would direct all your listeners to on sure. pretzels in song. Hey, have you talked about uh, pretzels in pop culture? Uh, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Of co- we, have yeah. that, yeah. we haven't done an episode on okay. that yet. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, we almost didn't want to do that right up front because right. it's yeah. so... Right, right. Uh, I'll say this about our podcast. Every once in a while, people will ask us what's it about. We'll say it's, it's about nothing. Right. And I feel like a little bit like well, we can't really use oh, that. Oh, a debt of gratitude yeah. to right. Jerry Seinfeld. Right. We can't use that because it's sort of, uh, in my mind, it's almost copyrighted. The next order. episode that's coming out, we actually went out to the food lab at Mount Mary University okay. and interviewed a food scientist about what makes a pretzel a pretzel. Why is it not just dough. baked dough? What, yeah, what came first or right. when does it actually become a pretzel? Yeah. The hairy legal issues around that. Right. Oh, sure, exactly. yeah. sure. I mean, at some point, you know. Supreme Court has got to be involved at some yeah, point. Yeah, at some point, you know, if you, if you get rid of the dough at some point, is that a crime? Hot right. pretzel versus yeah. soft pretzel. We're talking yeah. about pretzel memories, yeah. like people's first pretzel memories. And sure. I have like the first real memory I have of pretzels. We I was like five years old. My dad and I would walk to the drugstore and on the counter – was the big glass jar with the pretzel right. rods for like three oh, cents yeah. or a nickel that, or I was going to say, those are the ones I like. I like the and pretzel rods. We yeah. have yeah. a pretzel rod uh, uh, tradition here, yep. me and Jim. Yep, we do. With, we, we play our Risk game. Do you ever play Risk? Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, but pretzel rods, they were missing this year. I apologize. Yeah. I usually bring yeah, those. I think Brad brought them, actually. I think he wasn't here this year. But anyway, Let me ask you this. This might be see, another. you have a pretzel story. This, yeah, we This do. might be another episode. <laughs> Uh, what are the tr- what are the trends in pretzels? Is there a trend? There, are, there absolutely are trends in pretzels. Seasoned pretzels okay. are a big trend okay. these okay. days. So, like so the the seasoning yeah. you'd get on like Gardettos. Okay, yeah. but you're saying I'm sorry. Oh no, 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 I was just gonna say. So there's actually like um, or most research or making pretzels more than they are today. Furthering pretzels. If you look around, uh, hot pretzels are a huge. You know, is there like a Tony Robbins of pretzels? You can be better. Right. You can be more than just a rod. <laughs> you can twist yourself up into yeah, a knot. Exactly. You can be hot and soft. What bugs <laughs> me is that this pretzel podcast is going to far outpace our podcast. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't get salty. <laughs> oh. oh. Can we expect more of that type of humor? Right. Uh, uh, yeah, we're pretty twisted. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Thank you. That's all I got. I was I was going to ask you this. So when you record a podcast, how long does it take you before you release the podcast? <laughs> Asking for a friend, are you? Indeed, yeah. <laughs> uh, it really depends. Uh, the typical episode that we record in the studio, we can turn around in two or three days. Ah, um, okay. Partly, it depends on you know my day job, as sure. I, as I'm sure is the case in uh, as far as the bait and switch podcast goes. Uh, what? What? No, uh, I know okay. what you're talking about. <laughs> this is our full time gig. Oh yeah, yeah. I quit my other job. Yeah. yeah. So, our field so please recording. Donate, the, please donate. Please <laughs> donate. It was a mistake. Our, right? our field yeah. recording in the at the food lab. It's about 45 minutes long, and I really got to trim about 20 minutes out of it. Okay. And so, hoping to release it. We we try to release one every couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Okay. That's kind of what we're, we've been shooting for, too, but it takes us much longer. We have uh, built up a bunch of them uh, to make sure that we had some buffer because I, I didn't think we were going to get... So this conversation we're having right now in July. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yours may be escalated. It move, may, may, may be moved up a little move bit. Move in front yeah. of the queue. Yep, you've been yeah. more engaging than other people. Right, right. It's almost like this yeah. is your job somehow. It's yeah, almost it, like it, you've it had some experience. You feel so natural at this. Right? Have you, are you a receptionist? <laughs> <laughs> right. You should look into something yeah. like this. 96.5 WLT. How may I direct your call? <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I have to say, actually, I mean, it is freeing in a way just to have kind of a free-form conversation because so much of what we do, even in an interview, when I go into an interview in the studio, 90% of my questions are scripted ahead of time, sure. partly so that I have the freedom to be sitting there and listening to the answers, knowing that I can glance down if I you know, need another question. Right. But, you don't um, need to be thinking of questions ahead of time. Right. Now, now, what about the answers, though? Do, do you give them the questions ahead of time? No. You, okay, okay. No. I mean, sometimes I'll give, you know, I'm happy to give guests like the framework. Here's what I want to talk to you about. Sure. Because um, <laughs> it's not fair to bait and switch. Sure. Right. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you can do a whole show on We've that. gone easy on you. Uh, <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, probably 999 times out of 100, I'm not going to give them the questions in advance. I mean, if, sure. if I have somebody who's super, super nervous, I say, look, here are the kinds of questions I'm going to ask. It's possible if you answer something, I might follow it up. So right. don't expect the what? questions to come in this order. Wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. So um, you, uh, you did an interview with my brother-in-law. Yes. That's, that's yes. pretty cool. Oh, the, 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 uh, the brother-in-law Greg, Greg Shapiro. Yes. He did a, a very good Trump. Yeah. Uh, just last night was the Oscars. Jordan Peele came from Greg's improv group in uh, Amsterdam, Boom oh, Chicago. Okay. He was a Boom Chicago guy. And so I actually, I, I mean, this is my name dropping of the night, but I met Jordan Peele. He doesn't know who I am, but I met him <laughs> once. But, you know, one thing, uh, again, this is being taped in March. At the halftime break, I looked outside. The snow is falling. Perhaps uh, this snow is lake effect. So let's do oh, one last tie-in yeah. here well, with tie-in. Mitch. Tell us about uh, where and when people can find Lake Effect. Lake sure. Effect, uh, 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on 89.7 in Milwaukee. Anytime at wuwm.com slash Lake Effect. Um, you can listen back to individual segments. You can subscribe to the uh, – we have the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast, which is distributed by NPR One using the NPR One app. And then uh, the Pretzel Podcast, uh, you can get through iTunes or NPR One again or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. But thanks again, Mitch. We really appreciate you coming in. Hey, thanks for asking me anytime. Yeah. Oh, great. All right. All right. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast with our guest, Michael Kay. We adopt a more somber tone when we discuss treatment options regarding Michael's recent cancer scare. Doing the prostate surgery thing, I'd go in the back, the element of surprise. That's it. <laughs> right, right. Well, you don't want it to know you're coming. No, no. Right. no. Yeah. You come in the front, it's like... Sneak away. <laughs> you know, I mean, you might as well just telegraph it. Ding dong, doctor here. Did he at least say, you know, uh-huh. UPS? Those cancer something. cells are elusive, and if yeah, you're right. just going to play right into their hands... Yeah, He's got to sneak in the butt. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 See it Get it. Whack. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>